0: What nurtures, what heals, this is the theme of our summer sermon series this year. Having grown up under the tutelage of my Stoic Swedish father, I was never in the practice of using words like nurturing and healing, let alone expounding on them for an hour or two or 15 (laughs) minutes. So this morning is a bit of a stretch for me, please bear with me, and I want to start with what those terms mean at least to me to nurture to heal what they mean in practice nurturing is about sustaining while healing is about responding nurturing includes caring for encouraging growth and development healing is responding to injury or damage fixing it if you will nurturing is proactive preventing harm or damage fostering positive development healing is reactive after the fact necessary when nurturing is not enough or not effective. Perhaps one way to think about the two is to consider a forest. Forest preservation is a whole lot easier and more effective than reforestation that's required if a forest is cut down or otherwise destroyed. But living in the real world, we need to do both. So it is with nurturing and healing. Before we can nurture, Before we can heal, we should understand or imagine what desired state we are working towards, whether it's advancing as in nurturing or returning as in healing to a different and better condition than the current one. We collectively and individually need a vision. The mission statement of UUCL, as you heard earlier, is kindling the flame of love and justice to nurture and heal ourselves, each other, and our world. What does it mean? How do we imagine fully living our mission for ourselves, for each other, and our world? Let's begin with the personal, the ourselves aspect of our mission statement, and a couple of stories of what two people imagined for themselves. These aren't particularly grandiose visions. They aren't save the world visions, but they are highly relevant and meaningful to the individuals that held them. Vision number one, I I don't have a particularly good memory, but there are some moments in my life, moments that occurred a long time ago that still stick in my head like they happened yesterday. And this is one of those moments. Back in 2000, I was working for a major energy company and was sent to in Indonesia on a six-month rotational assignment to help implement the company's environmental health and safety programs in the Indonesian affiliate. The work was challenging, but not without its perks. And one of the perks was access to a local golf course where we could play around a for next to nothing. The tradition at this course, and probably across the country, was that each golfer had a caddy and each caddy had two to four assistants that they called Jalang Jalangs. So you've got this typical golf foursome, plus four caddies, plus Jalang Jalangs. You've got a mob of 16 to 20 people on each tee fairway and green. The Jalang Jelangs had two jobs. One was to kill any snakes encountered in the path of the golfer, and there were plenty of those. And the other was to retrieve the errant water ball. The ball of the golfer, usually me, hit into the pond. So you can imagine a ball gets hit into the pond, four to five guys go diving in after it, and each one of them comes back with my ball. <laughs> and I'm expected to pay them to retrieve my ball. As our caddies and jlang gelangs were working to support their friends and family, their selves and their families, we were always generous with our tips and and gladly paid them for each of those balls that they retrieve for us. That's all precursor to, to the vision that I want to talk about. In any case, a couple of, after a couple of weekends of golf, I got to become familiar with, friendly with, this one particular caddy whose name is no longer in my memory. But I remember one particular conversation with him in the middle of a round of golf. I was trying to understand his goals, his aspirations as a way to better understand the country that I was working in. I asked him, if you could have any job in the world, what would it be? and he first thought that I was offering him employment and he responded that he would like to be an office clerk. So I rephrased so that he understood that I was asking about his aspiration, his vision of what he could become. He then responded without hesitation that he wanted to be a school teacher, teaching children what they need to know to succeed in life. And he went on to talk at some length about what that would look like and what that would feel like being respected by his students and their parents feeling that he was helping others to succeed. I was struck by his earnestness and in choosing teaching his desire to serve his community in a very real and direct way. I was struck too by the clarity of his vision for his future, regardless of the obstacles that he faced to achieve it and what it would mean for, his, for him and his community. I don't know if this young man ever became a teacher, but I do know that his odds of achieving that were much better because he held a strong vision of what it would be like. Vision two, some of you may know that I have recently retired, uh, at least from the work that I've been doing for the last 20 years. And shortly after my last day on the job, I was cleaning out my home office and I came across this, this handwritten document that I had scribed in June of 1999. And at the top of it, it says, in 10 years, I want. And that was followed by 14 goals, spanning professional, family, community service, and personal that reflected the balance that I have always sought in my life. It didn't include being, being a CEO. It didn't include finding the solution to climate change, um, but it reflected the balance that I wanted to have. And as I looked down this list a couple of weeks ago, I felt pretty good. I had largely accomplished nearly all the items on them with the notable exception of getting my small plane pilot's license. (laughs) Never had the opportunity to do that. And while I didn't have this list posted in a place that I could see every day like the self-help speakers tell you to do, I know that creating that list, imagining what my life would be like, had a significant impact on accomplishing those goals. To nurture and heal ourselves, each other, and our world. Those two visions that I just described were about imagining for ourselves. Next, let's go to the our world aspect before circling back to each other. And I'll invite the band to come up. Our world, what does it mean? Does it mean the planet? For some, certainly. Does it mean something more local, like our country, our state, our community, our neighborhood? For some, absolutely. Our world can be as big as global climate change, biodiversity, poverty in faraway places, global health, and as local as caring for our neighbor, whether that's your actual next door neighbor or your more figurative Loudoun neighbor. Our worlds will probably mean something different to every one of us, but let's start with the big picture. In 1971, a man named John wrote a poem about his vision of a better world and put it to music. John Lennon's Imagine inspired many people to work towards that better, fair, sustainable, equitable world. And I imagine that every one of us here today are finding their own way to contribute to such a world. For some, it's working on global challenges. For others, it's focused on our community, Leesburg, Loudoun County. And for others, your efforts to serve this church or its members directly. To nurture and heal ourselves, each other, and our world, onto each other or back to each other, which I, I think of as the congregants who meet here on Sunday mornings the members and attendees of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Loudoun. What do we, as UUCL collectively, and as individuals that make up this congregation and this gathering this morning, imagine for ourselves, each other, and our world? What requires nurturing? What requires healing? And how can UUCL join John, the dreamer, to imagine and then make real his dream that the world will live as one. On May 20th of this year, many of you attended the Igniting the Flame event hosted by our governing board. The purpose of that event was to, and I'll quote, collect and harness the perspectives of the UCL congregation to define what it means to live our mission and establish purpose and commitment to work collectively and individually in its pursuit. The outcomes from Igniting the Flame provide some strong clues as to what we imagine for UUCL and its place in the world. I wanna share some of that with you today, and the governing board will be sharing a more complete download with our members shortly. First, the existing mission statement was reaffirmed and the values that were expressed throughout the day validated our mission statement. Second, there was an aspiration expressed strongly and broadly to more fully serve our mission. The participants envisioned a vibrant, growing congregation that is known in the community and recognized as people who love and help those in need. Some saw in UCL's future a welcome presence, a force. We heard the desire to make life better in the world, an easier place to live in. And many examples of how we would do that surfaced in the conversations. Third, there was a clear desire expressed to move to or build a larger physical building that will better accommodate greater needs and ambitions. During one exercise, attendees were asked to visualize what it would look and feel like when you walk through the door 10 years from now. Elements of what folks imagined for UCL included a new diverse congregation, new voices, new faces, known as the progressive voice in Loudoun County, a center, a resource in Loudoun County. One group was specific about growing in our current location. Part of their vision was to have acquired the three adjoining acres and expanding our buildings right here. Others saw us far outgrowing our current location. Their vision 10 years out, we will be in the middle of a successful campaign to build a new building, to fund a new building, larger than current, bustling with young and old people, including a school and great music. And another looked a bit further out, in 25 years, we will be in a modern large building in downtown Leesburg or One Loudon, with adequate RE space and of course, Multiple bathrooms. (laughs) Fourth, there was, and I would say is, a palpable sense of momentum among those who attended Igniting the Flame. The event was seen by many as perhaps a turning point in the life and history of UUCL. So the collective vision expressed during the Igniting the Flame event was one of growth, not for growth's sake, but to better achieve our mission. It's one of vibrancy, inclusion, of supporting and uplifting, perhaps nurturing and healing those that need it most. I was personally very inspired by what those who attended imagined and by what emerged as the collective vision of what UUCL ucl can become and how we will nurture and heal ourselves, each other, and our world. I want to finish with something of an exercise, and we'll invite you to participate today as you feel comfortable. It's in two parts. The first we'll we we'll do here now, and the second I invite you to do at home or, or as after you leave here today. So a bit of context. When I was in high school, I played basketball, and I had a coach who was a big believer in envisioning or visualizing success. One of his techniques to improve our foul shooting was to have us, during practice and in games, before we ever started our shooting motion, to visualize our shot, what the ball felt like in our hands, how we gripped the ball, where our eyes were focused, how our arm extended at the beginning of the shot, where uh, the flick of the wrist as you release the ball, and critically envisioning the ball falling successfully through the net even hearing the sound of the swoosh. Only then would we take the actual shot with the hope that we would have similar results in real life. As it turned out, my coach was a bit ahead of his time and science and experience have since shown that visualizing success, not just in athletics, but other endeavors as well, is an important precursor to achieving success. So I'm going to ask you to imagine success to visualize a future event or a future state of being. It can be as personal or as expansive as you would like, but think in terms of success in whatever way you define that term. It can be about yourself, it can include your family, this congregation or the wider community, even a global community, whatever calls you. Just take a minute to figure out what that end result is for you your own version of the ball falling, of the ball falling through the net. Just take a minute. So, at the risk of interrupting you mid-vision. I want to say part two of the exercise is to find a few minutes at home in the next few days and imagine the details of that event or state of being, what it's about, who is there, what's been achieved, how you feel, what you hear, what you smell, what you see, and then visualize those steps required to get there your own version of gripping the ball and extending your arm and flicking your wrist. Just imagine what's possible. It is said that vision is what keeps us from quitting when the work gets hard. And in the days, months, and years ahead, the work will certainly get hard. May the strength of our imagination, personal and collective, keep us focused on kindling the flame of love and justice to nurture and heal ourselves, each other and our world. Amen.